What's up, what's up everybody and welcome to Strength Center Strong Radio. This is your coach and host, Coach Caesar, and I am super excited to announce today's special guest, which is Amani Toomer, New York Giants Super Bowl champion coming on board to share some struggles, stories, and all that good stuff to keep you fired up, motivated, and inspired. I hope you're ready. I hope you're, you're as excited as I am, and let's get this going. All right. All right, so man, I, I'm I'm pumped to have you here, man. Not, not uh, not I don't get the opportunity to to speak with uh you know former Super Bowl champions, um, you know like exactly how we're doing it now. So I appreciate your time, man. Thank you, thank you for hopping on. Uh, no problem, no problem. I remember uh, we had a great experience here. I worked out for a couple years. We uh, a couple months, I guess we did together. Yeah. And then I, and then I got into cycling, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed your workouts and um. You know, I love to watch you as I follow you um, on Instagram and stuff. You and your new adventures into um, bodybuilding and fitness and powerlifting—it's pretty cool stuff. Awesome, man! Awesome, man! So, um, you know, something that I like to do with with people is, um, you know, people who've who've had their success is kind of uh, learn more about them. So. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know like about your story and stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about <clears throat> your story and what got you into football back in the days. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, um, when I, I I don't remember not wanting to be a football player. Um, I always wanted to be one. Uh, I guess my dad maybe did some reverse psychology on me because he was always like, uh, he's always talking about his football career. We were always watching football when we were younger. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember him saying, you know, I remember thinking, man, I could do that. I could do that. And then him saying, nah, that's for tough guys. I don't know if you really want to, we could do that. I don't know if that's uh, that's your thing. You should maybe do something else. He kept discouraging me all the time. And I was always like, no, I could do it. I'm tough enough. You know, I was just a little kid. Uh-huh. But um but yeah, I never never remembered not wanting to play. Um I could only remember just, you know, thinking I remember I was one of those guys I'd watch the game and I'm like, Why do you go there? You should have just went there, you know, and telling everybody where to run and all this stuff. Thinking, yeah. Oh man, I could do it so much better than those guys, you know, not having any frame of reference of any, or anything. I've never even been to a game, just watched it on TV. Um, uh, the pros, actually. But my dad used to always re- he used to referee a lot as well. So I used to go to a lot of his football games and high school games. And he used to do some Pot Warner games. He ended up doing Pac-10 games. And then he ended up being like the 42nd operator for the Raiders for like 20-some years. So I've been around football my entire life. I got my uncles played. um it's kind of like a family thing. I had a cousin played for the Niners, and it was just, you know, it's just something that 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 ran that in the family. And yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. So, like day one, you were born, you were ready to go playing football. It's awesome, man. Yeah, cool, man. So, um, what what do you feel? I guess what do you feel made you successful over the years? You know, going from from let's say Pop Warner League into playing for you played for De La Salle, De La Salle? Is, that, is that how you yeah yeah De La Salle yeah, yeah. De La Salle um, um yeah go ahead no I was I was I was really good in Pop Warner and I thought man I want to I wanted to 
have an opportunity to play in college. Mm-hmm. And the Berkeley High, the school that I went to, was not a very good school in football. They had a lot of athletes, but it was just very unorganized. It just I don't know how it is now, but it just was not a not a place for me to go. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to play football for the Richmond Steelers out in California, and I would, you know, I thought I was going to go to El Cerrito High, which was not a great school. It was just a school that I knew a lot of people, and I played baseball and stuff out in El Cerrito, so a lot of my friends were going to go. Mm-hmm. My dad was like, uh, "Yeah, you're not going to El Cerrito High." <laughs> it was kind of like it was kind of like a it wasn't a hood school, but it wasn't like the best school. Right. So it was like. I don't know. It was a, it was a rough it was a rough school, and, and you know, I probably would have done fine there. But my dad was like, "No, you're not going there. You can either go to this one Catholic school in Berkeley or a Catholic school out in um, in, uh, in Concord." And the one in Berkeley was an all boys school, so I'm like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> so, so I ended up going out to Concord. And I used to have to um, I used to have to take the bus. I used to have to take the train out there. It was like 30-some miles away, so I'd have to take the bus, the train, and then the bus once I got there. So it was a far ride, and also it was like total um, culture shock. Mm. I I mean, I didn't grow up in a great area, but I didn't grow up in, like, the hood either. But, like, Mm. going out there was like, going to uh, Beverly Hills 90210 it was like super super rich and super super <laughs> I'll put it this way I was, only, I was one of the only the only uh, I was only some of the only pepper in the salt shaker out there so yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was a little different so it took me a while to get used to that and um, it was just just different experiences and that was just it was just just I think it helped me throughout my my life but mm-hmm. it was a, it was a weird transition because I went to school in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and that was a, like a like a hood school where we had the you know we had like the gangs come by and beat up kids and like mm-hmm. uh, it was just it was just crazy. And then to go from there out to like the suburbs, I was it was it was it was definitely a uh, culture shock. Right. But um, I don't know. It was it was one of the it was it was. Um, and overall, it was a good experience. I mean, there was a lot of good people out there, and I, I really enjoyed my my time out there. And I ended up giving me an opportunity to play uh, play football at a really, really high level. And um, I just, you know, I, I really took advantage of that situation. There was, I think, their coach believed in me more than I did. I, I always thought I'd have to walk on, or I'd have to, you know, struggle to get by. And I ended up being the number one recruit in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, when I came out, and I, I really never really believed it. I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know. I just, I, I just, I just never really thought I had arrived, you know. Yeah. So I never, so I, I went to University of Michigan thinking that, you know, Desmond Howard had just won the Heisman Trophy, thinking, okay, I'm gonna go to, to Michigan and I'm gonna win the Heisman Trophy, mm-hmm. like Desmond, um, because Michigan was like a really at, at that time it was like they had the Fab Five, you know, they won they won five Big Ten titles in a row. So it was like a really good school um, athletically, and, and it was the best school by far academically that I got into mm-hmm. um, uh, that had a good football program. So that was kind of my decision to go there was based purely on like, okay, let's say I, I feel I realize I can go to the NFL from any college because you know, there's scouts from everywhere, and if they like you, they like you. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like if I, if I had an opportunity to um, – 
you know, if things didn't go well, I'd have a great place to, I'd have a great fallback plan with a degree from University of Michigan. So that was kind of my choice there. So um, just to kind of recap a little bit, going back to De La Salle, um, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but uh, I guess what, what was the, what was it like playing for that school? I mean, I know that's one of the top high school football programs in the nation. Um, and then kind of going, transitioning from high school into a, D1 high level uh, college or university. Yeah. yeah. Um, how was that? Like, you know, from from both sides, being in that high school and then also uh, going into the university level. Well, in the high school, it was it was fun because like we were all very dedicated just to to, to football. You know, we were like as a group. We I I don't think we were more talented than other groups, but we put in more time and we. You know, they always say work harder. Everybody works hard, but it's more than just work hard. It was like, you know, every Saturday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, all summer, mm-hmm. we would work. We'd have like our workouts. Then we'd have some. We'd have passing league. We'd have spring football. We so basically, we were playing like as close to year round as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. You know, not not with pads or anything, but we were just always doing something football. So it was always on our mind. Right. So whenever we got into games where things were going sideways and you know we would never give up because we put in so much time we're like man we did all this stuff and we're not gonna let this happen so we'd always have these crazy comebacks and we'd always beat teams that had like more division one players than us and we just i don't know we we just we'd execute at a much higher level than everybody we took it seriously watched film we didn't even we didn't even do lunch all all football season. Mm-hmm. At lunchtime, we grab our lunch and we go in and we watch film with the rest of the team. So we we, we would just hang out there. It was just it was a very um, you know it really showed you like everybody a lot of people say oh yeah I work hard, but what it actually looks like? What would somebody actually takes you through working hard? Like what is dedication? What when somebody takes you through dedication the day in day out? consistency mm-hmm. of dedication to learn that at a young age was uh i think that really really helped me like if you wanted to you know if we wanted to achieve something you don't just go out and one day do it you have to like knock it out over you know it's like a thousand like a thousand thousand paper cuts yeah. you just kind of you know every day chip away chip away chip away then a month later you're better than you were that, that month and then two months later you're better than you were that month so it's just that's the kind of you know, you learn that um, it's the consistent, it's the slow burn that really makes you successful in, in pretty much everything. And, um, and then you react, actually, when you when you accomplish it, you have a feeling of, you know, a real feeling of accomplishment. And you feel like you deserve it because you put in the time as opposed to, like, taking a shortcut. Or, you know, it's like those lottery winners, the guys that just win the lottery and then all of a sudden they go crazy and they end up losing all their money because, you know, they didn't earn it. They just, you know, I think, you know, you, one of our co- my coach Gary Muller would always say, if it's not, if you didn't earn it, it doesn't mean anything, you know. Yeah. So we always try to try to put the the thing in the. Um, so we always try to put the work in, but um, yeah. So it was it was it was a great experience to get you ready for college. Like I was so ready after De La Salle for college because in college it's like they just expect that from you. It's almost like a job. Like they expect you, everything in your whole life is going to be surrounded by football. And I was ready for it because we would, we'd already put in a whole bunch of time and it was, I mean, you put in more time and you practice more with pads and stuff, but Mm -hmm. in terms of like the mental part of it, 
I was really ready to go to college. Like I was, I was good. I mean, I, I, I um, you know, some guys would get burned out. They get all sad and stuff like that. And they'd be like, why are we practicing so much? And I'd be like, well, this is kind of what we signed up for. You know, I kind of, I didn't, I, I didn't have that. Um, I had homesickness because being in Michigan as opposed to being in California. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, me actually not knowing what I was getting into, I knew what I was getting into. That's amazing, man. So that, that carried over into university level. That's that's awesome. Yeah. All right, and then I guess uh, how how different was it um, as far as like workload and stuff like that in in the university level? And um, did you have to like level up a little bit more um, to kind of keep you going and 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 I guess transition from now the university level to that to the big leagues? Yeah, no, I was, I mean, I always thought that um, high school was, was, high school was more like the pros than, 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 than college. Like college, they just, there's so many people on the team Mm -hmm. that they just like throw you in these huge workout programs and you just do all this work. It's more, you do more busy work. Like you're always doing something, Mm -hmm. but you're not working as tailored as individual in, individualized as um as you were in high, high school or, or or in the pros ultimately because mm-hmm. there's so many people so um when i look back on my college i felt like i could have done less work but done it better and been more detail oriented in terms of just the football stuff mm-hmm. and i'd have came out much better i think that the um the, the number of people you know, affects the number of people and the number of hours you spend out there just because you can like in the pros in high school you can't practice for three hours because there's just there's just not enough bodies like everybody would be dead you know yeah. you know so um so when I think about you know the differences um I I really enjoyed my high school experience and I enjoyed my pro experience much more than, than than college i think that was i mean it was a lot of work and sometimes i felt like we were just out there just to be out there mm-hmm. and um i i just i mean it was almost a given that we couldn't finish practice. like like a receiver would not be able to finish practice most days you just you'd go until you and then you'd be tired and you'd be like oh my hamstrings hurt and then you'd sit down and watch for the rest of practice because i mean that's just that's the only way you you really could survive because i mean we'd run like you know 100 plays a day which is i mean that's like an hour that's a solid two hours i mean we'd be out there for three depending on how well we did so mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was just a real it was it was a lot of work a lot of work gotcha gotcha all right awesome man and then i guess from there um you know going into the the big leagues what you know what was that like um what was it like uh you know playing how, how many years did you play was it uh 12 11 11 12 years I'm i played mistaken. 13 years 13 years 13 years yeah i played 13 years and um i uh I, I really had a great time playing the pros. It, I think you really have to grow up with the pros because in college, it's like if you don't do something, they make you run, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't perform, you know, they'll put you on the bench. Or if you don't, you know, do something, you know, there's always a re- recourse. So you always kind of not, you're not really thinking about yourself. You're thinking not, you're thinking about, well, oh, I got to do this or I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, it's like you don't have to do anything. 
if you don't do it, they just cut you. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, I remember when a coach was one told, once told me, he's like, yeah, you know, um, you know, he's like, you know where the third string NFL players are? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. What do they do? He's like, they're they're in a in a bar talking about how the coach messed them over. I'm like, wow. He's like, there is no third string in the NFL. It's like you're either starting or you're um, a valued replacement or you will be replaced. So you wow. just have to be at a totally <laughs> different level. It's totally up to you. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's totally you're, – you're more – that's why I relate it back to high school because it's like nobody cares about it as much as you in high school. And in college, everybody cares about what you're doing more than you because you're just – you can just see the work. But in the pros, it's like – you care about it because you know you care more because you know that if you don't if you're not somebody that they need they're going to get rid of you and find somebody else who they you know you know and start over somebody else and as the older you get the more expensive you get the less likely they're going to they're going to keep you so mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a much more competitive and it's not really that much competitive with other people it's more competitive with you how well how good can you get Mm-hmm. You know, how good can I get? How, how, you know, what's my ceiling? And you have all these opportunities and a lot more free time to kind of explore what you feel like you need to explore. And you take more ownership of your game mm-hmm. and of your, uh, you, it's more ownership, it's more personal. Right. So that's kind of, that's why I liked it because it's like, I felt like I was able to like, okay, I need to work on this instead of like some coach looking at a film and saying, in college saying, everybody, we all need to work on this. Mm-hmm. And then we'd all work on, you know, say get offs for like three weeks. And you're just like, oh, I don't need to, <laughs> I wish I could work on something else because I think I need work on that. But just so many people, it just really clouded the whole, it just really um, clouded your whole experience. Mm. So in the in the pro level, you had that like it was all on you. You had to like, I guess, look at where your weaknesses were and um, and continue building on them however you could, right? Pretty much. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things. One of the things I felt like was my strength was I was honest with myself. I never mm-hmm. really, you know, it's easy, especially in New York, to get like sidetracked and let people tell you how great you are and get your pump up your head. But I was never, I was never into that. I was always like, yeah, okay, I can do that, but. I need to be, I, I still need to be able to do this, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why I stayed around so long is because I was never satisfied with the way I was playing. Mm-hmm. And when I did get satisfied, I didn't last in the league that long. So, you know, I, I think I was satisfied after the Super Bowl that year. I felt like, oh, everything's smooth sailing. And that was like one of the worst things that could ever happen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody who's always trying to achieve and in comfort, you know, like I always say, sometimes the people who, um, the worst thing that can happen to somebody, in my experience, playing the NFL is to get in success. Because, you know, there's some guys, there was guys on our team that would work out and they would, you know, do all kinds of stuff on the sideline. They'd be practicing their footwork and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they get a contract. They get a big contract, big sign of bonus, and all that stuff would stop. They would just kind of like do what everybody else does and all that, you know, and what made them great and what made them get their contract was all the extra work and all the extra attention that they put on and emphasis. And as soon as you get that, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of like the worst thing. And, um, you know, it's like yeah. when you have success, you really know why you're doing something, right? Like, right. sure, if you do like a power lift and you're like, oh, I want to do, you know, 150k and then all, all of a sudden you do kg and all of a sudden you do it and you're like well shoot I, you know i i, I wanted you know yeah, it takes you a while to kind of refocus on your your goals and say like you know like 
that's right. not enough. I think I could do more. And sometimes once you let up for that short period of time in, in a short NFL season or an NFL, or, you know, people could change their perception of you and then you could be out. So it's just, that's just the way I always thought, um, um, it, it's, it's, you really have to be on top of it and you really have to play for it. You have to be motivated more than just by, um, by the outcome, by, by the, by the outcome, by the, um, uh, yeah, by external forces, like, right. you know, mm-hmm. external gratification. It's gotta be you, you gotta be, you gotta be, you know, know where you gotta always uh, know where there's room for improvement. You gotta be completely honest with yourself because um, the, you know, people want to pat you on the back, and that's sometimes the worst thing. Like the worst days I had where people went out after people told me how great I was, and I started believing them. That's the worst thing you could do. Yeah, <laughs> got it. So I like I think I I got three lessons there from you. One being, don't let success get to your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, two being what's next kind of like all right yeah you got there but that that doesn't mean you gotta use you're stopping there or you're getting comfortable because mm-hmm. if, if you do you kind of you're 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 fucked in a sense right like you're, yes. you're you're putting your feet up while others are still trying to continue and they're surpassing you and stuff like that um, exactly. and then uh the third one which you just said just kind of went over my head now just had, what was the last thing you said, Amani? <laughs> oh, um... Damn, I just forgot. I had it right there. Yeah, all right, maybe I, if you... I did a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. You spoke about a lot of things, but it was, I guess, all that all that can get, you know, gets carried over into what we do with our lives, whether you're an NFL player or you're an everyday person just trying to, you know, make a better life for yourself. You know, those are uh, important lessons that, you know, we, we, we all need to live by, um, in order to continue growing so that we're not, you know, staying comfortable with, with where we are. So, so yeah, awesome, man. That was actually one of my next questions for you, which was like one of the top, what are the top three lessons that you've learned, um, along your way and, and what you, what would you share with someone? Um, uh, do you have any other ones that maybe you've learned along the way as well? Yeah, I'd say, you know, being humble, I think, is the biggest asset that you could really have because, um, I don't know, because, like, in sports, you're, you're never going to be on top for that long. No matter how long you think it is, it's not that long. You know what I mean? Like, say, even, you know, um, there was a sprinter, Moses, right? He was, like, he had won, like, a hundred and some, like, a hurdler, Edwin Moses, I think he was. Mm-hmm. And he won like a hundred and some races, right? And he was like the best, um, what do you call it, uh, turtler in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, I think he won like for 10 years in a row, he won. And in like the 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Now most people don't even know his name. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, like what you do, um, it's never going to matter on the field as much as how you are towards other people, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because people remember good people. They won't remember any of the statistics. They won't remember, um, you know, oh, you had a great game here. I mean, some people will, but those are kind of people crazy. Those people are a little spooky. <laughs> but, you know, there's a whole generation of people that's grown up and never even heard that guy's name. Right. And so, you know, you, you so for as long as you think you're on top, you're, you're not going to be there that long. And even that, you know, it's still, you know, you're still always, um, 
there's still always the new people out there that, that everybody wants to, you know, that that everybody's really, you know, get stuck on. So mm-hmm. I guess my point is, is that, you know, cherish your successes, always know you can improve and, um, you know, treat people, you know, remember how the, the experience was going going up to be to the top mm-hmm. and never forget those. I mean, never forget, you know, the people that helped you. Never forget the people that gave you encouraging words uh, that kept you motivated, that got you out of a bad situation because, you know, those are the people that on the way down are going to be doing the same thing because in, in, in athletics and in sports, there's always a, a, a rise um, and there's always a fall. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, knowing that, you know, it, 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 I think that's kind of one of the things that people don't look at and they become short sighted. They say, Oh, I'm going to get to the top. Okay. You're going to get to the top. Then what, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you're not going to stay on top forever. And when you start going down, all the people that, you know, all the enemies that you built are going to start pouncing on you as you, as you go down. So I would say be humble and, um, I say one of the things is like, you know, you got to be honest with yourself as well. Like you can't sit up there and let people tell you how great you are. Then you start believing them because that's the worst thing. You know, mm-hmm. I always thought that when people were telling me good things about myself, I thought they were trying to make me soft. So I never really was good at taking compliments. <laughs> and I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever. No, I'm but the it, same way. Same way. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, I'm like, don't tell me that. I don't need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I hate it. Like, you know, that's great. Yeah, you know, no, no, I, I still can do better. I still can do it. I mean, because right. I always think it's like they're, they're, but when somebody's complimenting, they're giving you their limitations, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could never do that. Oh, you did it. That's great. You know, no, no, I could do more. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I feel like ha- having that mentality just uh, kind of keeps you going more, you know? Um, yeah. And, and kind of going back to what you said before, like, what's next? All right, no, yeah. how can I continue leveling up from where I'm at now? Um, yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, but then in athletics too, it's like, there's gonna come a time where you're just gonna be like, you know what, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember my, my time was when I was in, I was at the Chiefs, and I was getting ready to go to a game, and they switched my position like the last, like an hour, before, a couple hours, before, like, a, you know, the night before the game. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I got it. You know, I didn't really like the coach was yelling and screaming. I was like, I got a coach. You know what I mean? Like, that's when I knew I was like, you know what? This is not the attitude that I took to get to become successful. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is not the attitude to take, you know, when you have young players around and they just, you know, they just they need somebody. They need uh, they need to see somebody who's thirsty and, and, you know, and still really, really hungry. And at that point, I realized when the coach came up to me and yelled and said, you got to get ready to do this. And I was just like, all right, okay. That I wasn't as hungry as I once was. Cause I ordinarily, I would have looked at that as an opportunity to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was always loud that I kind of thought, I don't need to prove myself. Like, you know, they, they know what I could do. And that's, that's kind of the, <laughs> that's kind of one of the worst things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Love it, man. Well, um, where what's what's up with Amani now? Where's uh where's his current chapter at now? I know I know you got into some cycling. We did a little bit of boxing. Uh, I know you're doing some jujitsu now. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, what's what's the new chapter looking like for for you now? 
Yeah, I want to. I'm trying to get my. I'm gonna. I want to try to get a black belt in jujitsu. Um, nice. I'm right now. Now I'm a blue belt, so I got like another five, six years, seven, eight years, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or ten years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a really real challenge. I never wrestled. I never did anything kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I did kung fu. I did um, jujitsu and boxing, but. I did kung fu and boxing, but those are kind of the same. Like you know, mm-hmm. they're you know, both striking, and they're both you know, they're 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 similar. Right. Jujitsu is nothing like any of those things. No kicking, no punching, no striking. It's all submission. It's just something that I really really enjoy. I miss not being able to do it now, but you know, hopefully we'll get back pretty soon to be able to do some of the stuff. But I was going like three four times a week. Um, you know, I have I. I I feel like I'm getting better. I, I felt like I was getting better and like I kind of understand some things, but mm-hmm. not having any wrestling background, not not having any kind of uh, thing like that. I think that really um, added to the challenge for me. So mm-hmm. always got to keep challenging yourself. And um, that's about it. And then I got kids now and three kids. And um, Yeah. How, how old are your kids now? I have um, twins that are... Um, they're 10 years old okay. and then I got uh, a six-year-old uh, daughter oh beautiful man yeah what about you how many you got now two no not yet not yet we're, we're still on one still on one she's she just turned four and uh, oh wow yeah it's uh it's amazing definitely yeah. I'm sure for you as well they've changed your life you know um for me she's definitely lit, lit an extra fire under my ass so that's it absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah all right, man. Um, anything else you'd like to share with people? I know we're all going through this whole COVID nineteen crisis at the moment. Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Or you know, or or if you want to speak on it, or if you want to share with something with with people during yeah. this time. <clears throat> well, it's, I mean, it's a hard time for everybody, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you think, oh, it's it's weird too because it's like when you're working and every day is, you know, everything's normal every day normal quote unquote mm-hmm. and you're like oh man i wish i just had a week off where i could just do you know <laughs> do nothing and i can get everything done and now we got five weeks off yeah now you're still upset so you gotta kind of re- you know you gotta reevaluate like why you know it's good the old saying like be careful what you ask for you might get it like that's kind of like what everybody's getting right now yeah you know so i don't know i hopefully when things do get back to normal you can kind of reflect on what you really want, what's really important um, to you and to people. And um, hopefully, you know, people can become happier after this, you know, knowing that, you know, all the opulence around them, it's just that. I mean, some people love it, some people don't, but I think that um, getting back to like the basics of family and, you know, survival. I mean, people going to the grocery stores and stocking up on stuff. I mean, that's that's what it's really all about. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. survival. And um, I think we've had it so good here for so long in terms of, you know, always going to a grocery store and be, having it being full, always being able to, you know, take a bus, take a train, walk around, you know, grab some fresh air. You know, now it's, you know, it's you realize all the the gifts that this country is, is, is provided and now yeah, I hope people kind of reevaluate like what's important right yeah awesome man well 
Thank you. Thank you, Amani. I truly appreciate your time, man. Um, it's been amazing, man. A lot of, a lot of great, great nuggets here, man. This was, uh, this was a good one. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. I truly appreciate you, man. No problem, man. Have a good day. You too, Amani. We'll be in touch. Um, I'll let you know when this is up. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. Bye. Bye.